Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. Sixteen sixty-five to sixteen sixty-six, the bubonic plague hit England, and that great plague killed an estimated one hundred thousand people, almost a quarter of London's population, in only eighteen months. Now, to put that in perspective, two thousand eighteen, America's population was three hundred twenty-seven million people. A quarter of that, which is what London lost is nearly 82 million people. Now, can you imagine that many people dying in 18 months? So this was an absolutely devastating plague in 1665. Now, Thomas Brooks, an English Puritan, ministered during that plague. And he wrote a piece, I'm not sure whether he preached it or simply wrote it as a treaty entitled A Heavenly Cordial. And it contains a very rich theology on how to think biblically about plagues. And I think that's interesting because, as as many of you know, we are in a a a once-in-a-lifetime event in terms of uh, a a plague like this that has gone around the world. Uh, The last time this happened was in um, the early part of the 20th century with the Spanish flu. And so many of us haven't thought deeply about what a plague and what a pestilence looks like in terms of how the church is supposed to relate to it. So Thomas Brooks gives this very helpful treaty and he gives 13 divine maxims, he calls them, in respect to the pestilence in order to support and comfort the people of God. So brothers, we're just going to go through these one at a time. Does that sound fine with you? That's good. All right. So here is maxim number one. When we're thinking about a plague and we're thinking about pestilence, maximum number one is this. When a pestilence is among a people, it is the Lord alone that sends it. How do you guys respond to that? Well, I think that the first thing is, is you realize that God is sovereign in all things. And as uh, R.C. Sproul used to say, there's not a maverick molecule in all the universe. Uh, Nothing operates outside of his control. And so in that sense, he is the he is ultimately in control of all things. So, uh, you know, I think that uh, as you wrote, Brooks, Brooks is reminding us that uh, God doesn't share his throne with any, anyone, whether it's men or uh, the devil himself or the will of man. So ultimately, we look at it and see the sovereignty of God and, and his hand in that. And that means we have to think about uh, what what that means for us in terms of our relationship to him. We're just this we're just a dust speck on, the, on a planet by compared to all that he's created. But in that respect, he has a personal concern for each one of us. And he's speaking uh, through um, not only the, the circumstances and the plague that's coming to us, he's, he's, he speaks to us through his revelation in his word so that we can understand, um, you know, 
power res to respond. Maybe maybe it would be helpful if we made a distinction between um, primary and secondary causes. Certainly, absolutely. Go ahead. Well, I was kind of throwing that <laughs> yeah. out to you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, primary cause is just the ultimate cause in any event, right? And a secondary cause is those things which. Um, help bring it about. So people already know this all the time. People will say all the time, oh, God really used me when I spoke to my neighbor because he gave me the words to speak and, you know, and, and I preached the gospel to him or something like that. So people already have this idea of secondary and primary causes. God is the ultimate cause in the universe. And that doesn't deny that there are secondary or additional causes that come into play. Is that what you mean, Russ? Yeah, and that would be that secondary cause would be the transmission of that from one person to the other, but the primary cause that standing behind it is God. And actually, uh, one of the results, one of the things that we have to understand is all of this is a result of, in one sense, of sin coming into the world. You know, this is not, this is, you know, this is the effect of sin. Every sickness that we have, every you know disease that comes in, is a, the effect of sin in our world the, the original sin the sin that you know you know this the sin that uh, of adam that has fallen upon all the human race and this is why creation groans because creation itself suffers from the 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 effects of of the sin of our first parents um so we don't just have the effects of sin um, all of creation has been marred and, and viruses are part of that. It, it just sometimes we can become so scientifically minded that we forget about the primary cause. And so I just I get the science, at least in part behind what's going on with the virus um, and the spread of the disease and all of these things. Um, but sometimes we can be so analytical in a, in a scientific way that we forget and um, in essence, negate the primary cause. We 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 forget to think about that it's God that's ultimately the one that, as as um, Thomas Brooks said, it is the Lord alone that sends it. Yeah. Um, it reminded me of a passage from Isaiah forty five. Um, it says, "I form light and create darkness." This is God speaking. I make well-being and create calamity. That's right. I am the Lord who does all these things. And the word calamity there is typically um, translated as, as evil. Um, and I remember this verse so clearly because it was a time when I was in, in college and I was in this class called Calvin and Calvinism, and I wasn't a Calvinist. And we were reading Calvin's Institutes, and Calvin was dealing with this particular passage um, when he was going through the sovereignty of God, God's care of, over all things and control over all things. And I was arguing with my, my college professor about this and saying, no, this is, this is not correct. And um, Calvin had used, had used the word evil in his his institutes. And I was quoting from the NIV because that was, going to solve all of these problems um, about the passage because the NIV had kind of toned down the verse. And I had this very old 
and wise um, professor. And he just said, hmm, the NIV to the rescue. That will get us out of all of these problems. <laughs> and then he went on to just very pastorally explain how God does ordain and orchestrate all things for his glory. And that God can send, if you will, a pestilence, send a virus, send a pandemic, and still be a good and gracious and loving um, God and creator. And and look, Um, this this is what the Bible says. I mean, you know, we're not just making the claim here. We we can point to several scriptures, uh, Numbers 14, where God sent the plague uh, to the people of Israel because they were whoring after the, the gods of the Moabites or Deuteronomy 28, where God threatens the people of the children of Israel with plague when they would eventually turn away from him in the Assyrian captivity and the Babylonian captivity, or God sends uh, the plague, you know, in second Samuel 24, when David, you know, counts the people in a census. And in each one of those places, it's very clear that God sends the plague. But Russ, what you're saying is that the Bible also says that the Lord's mercies endure forever. The, the steadfast love of the Lord endures forever. His mercies are new every day. He loves his creation. God so loved the world. Both of those things are true. They're not at odds with one another in the mind of God, and neither are they odds in, in terms of the pages of Scripture. I think this goes back to something Jonathan said earlier. Um, if God is only the God of the good— and not the God of those things that we dislike, like a pandemic. Is that a world in which we want to live? So the pandemic is outside of God's control. He's not the one that sent it. So it then, who, And that begs the question, who then is in control of those things? There's only so many choices, right? That's right. Either, either Satan is in control of it. Um, which then we have a dualistic universe where there's two ultimate causes, two ultimate powers, or evil men are in control of it, or it's left up to chance. I mean, that is not, those are not comforting um, alternatives. And they're not biblical alternatives. And I think that's where um, Jonathan quoting R.C. Sproul is so important to remember. There, there isn't a, is it a rogue molecule in all of the universe? All yeah. things are underneath God's sovereign care. Yeah. And that doesn't mean we understand it. I do want to add that little, little, little note there. I don't understand the mind of God. I don't understand his purposes in why he brings about what he brings about. So I'm not going to try to claim I know exactly why he sent the pandemic. I don't know. I can find biblical principles of possible answers. Mm-hmm. But I think at some point we have to yield to the wisdom of God and say it's beyond us. He has an understanding that we do not have. And his purposes are beyond us. That's right. That's right. Maybe, that's, maybe that's a cop out. I, I don't think it is. No, I don't think it's a cop out. I think it's dealing with what the scripture says. You know, we, we, you know, we subscribe to a, 
a confession here at, uh, at our church, the Westminster Confession of Faith. And the Westminster Confession of Faith is very careful to say that God is not the author of evil. And, and that's not at odds with what you or Jonathan have just said. God ordains sin and evil even, but he does so in a way where he is not culpable for that sin or culpable for that evil. And and I, I just say to that, you know, the the secret things belong to the Lord. Yeah, Deuteronomy 29, 29, the secret yeah. things belong to the Lord, but what he's revealed belongs to us and our children forever. There's some things we just don't know. We we don't know the mind of God. Your thoughts are not my thoughts, says the Lord. So there's a, there are some things that we won't know that we just simply have to trust him. But it is important to um, acknowledge this point. This is not just a theological or scholastic point um, acknowledging God's sovereignty. At the end of the day, when we look at this pestilence, this coronavirus that's hitting uh, not only America, but the world right now, uh, God wants us to acknowledge that he is king over that as well. And that makes a tremendous difference on what your outlook is um, for how you're doing day to day life if if it'll it'll affect the way that you, you have anxiety or it affect it'll affect your fears or it'll affect your comfort if you wake up each morning and your basic outlook is the world is out of control then you're going to be a mess from day to day but if you wake up each morning and say not one to use the example again not one molecule is out of god's control today and i can rest um, in the hands of my heavenly father, not a, not a sparrow falls down to the ground. Each one of my hairs on my head are numbered. Um, then that'll affect the way that you live your life. Jesus in, in Luke 13 has this interesting situation that I will not talk about now because we are running out of time. So I'll leave that for another day. <laughs> well, what parting words would you want to give to our listeners, Russ? I, I think really the idea is that as we realize that God is in control of all things, that really the question we ought to, to ask personally is, how would God desire me to respond to what he has ordained, not only in my life, but in the lives of those that I come in contact with? That's right. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. We hope that we can speak with you again. 